welcome to the Disrupted Workforce, simplifying today's massive disruptions to work, skills, purpose, and what it means to be human with honest conversation, actionable insight, and a sense of humor. I'm Alex Schwartz. And I'm Nate Thompson. And we are your humble hosts. We started the Disrupted Workforce in March of 2020 because we'd long been tracking, working on, and leading the future of work. Nate and I had a shared passion for talking about the massive disruptions reshaping the workplace and the workforce, how to help organizations and progressive leaders implement, understand, and adapt to the disruptive technologies, and also contextualize the need to be human in the digital age. When the pandemic hit, within weeks, a historic change began to wash over the workforce in waves impacting every organization on every continent. In many ways, the trends we'd already been focused on accelerated, and then, of course, there were rapid, massive changes we could have never predicted. Many thought this upside-down world should only be a few weeks, maybe a few months, and then we'll go back to normal, but obviously that hasn't been the case. So it's been more than two years, and we wanted to share a solid update on this strange brew we call the Disrupted Workforce. Not our podcast, but the actual wacky and weird workforce that we're all living through. In this conversation, we're going to take you through a quick recap of the last two years. We're going to reflect on how much has changed, where things stand now, what insights we have, and why we believe big change will continue to define the rest of the decade. Finally, we will end with the top six six trends you need to understand to prepare now. So let's start the recap. This is 2020. The U.S. declares a public health emergency on February 3rd, 2020. By the end of March, most businesses have gone remote. The U.S. economy contracts sharply, ends a record 128-month expansion, and we enter a pandemic-driven recession. Federal and state restrictions begin, corporations pull back, many small businesses were forced to close, historic job loss, and millions filed for unemployment. Almost everyone is forced to turn almost exclusively like virtual first to technology overnight to run their business and digital transformation efforts skyrocket. And yet this recession ended in April of 2020, making it the shortest recession on record. People who are fortunate enough to still have jobs are inundated in this moment, wearing multiple hats, triaging countless issues, racing to reinvent whatever it takes to keep the ship afloat, right? Leaders and HR teams all over the world are working around the clock to stitch together solutions to support the unique needs of their people. Some are rising to the occasion and others are failing spectacularly. Being human at work, adapting and problem solving become mission critical skills and that is 100% still the case today. Yeah, so by the end of 2020, the record for the fastest vaccine development in history is set by Pfizer and Moderna. And for many, this marked the most disrupted year of their careers and life. A great reflection had begun. So now let's talk about last year. In 2021, at the beginning of the year, nearly 50% of US employees are still remote and hybrid as businesses shifted to digital workflows, automation, and contactless customer experiences. The return to work battle begins. Employees push back hard against corporations demanding a return to work. Nearly every CEO predicting a full return to the office is proven wrong. Individuals and organizations wrestle with their stance on vaccines and the conversation around civil liberties and work reaches a boiling point. 
At the same time, the job market heats up. Organizations are racing to find talent while the worker shortage continues. And of course, that is still going on very much today. AI, automation, and digital transformation solutions to meet worker shortages and new ways of working continue to explode. Digital transformation has a full green light. In May 2021, the term the Great Resignation is coined. 68.9 million people quit, are laid off, or discharged. 47.4 million of those separations were a record number of voluntary quits. So what happens in parallel? Well, leaders and HR teams work around the clock to attract, retain, and develop talent while reinventing the employee experience. Focus on greater flexibility, compensation, training. And meanwhile, the side hustle goes parabolic and new businesses are started in mass. A record number of small business applications, 5.4 million, were filed. Innovation is on fire. In the U.S., VC-backed companies raised $329.9 billion in 2021, nearly double the previous record of $166.6 billion raised in 2020. Wow. And by the end, more than 200 million Americans were fully vaccinated. So 2021 is significantly better than 2020, but we're still far from out of the woods. Which brings us to this year. So let's talk about 2022 thus far, and we'll try to make sense of all this and where we go from here. So, of course, this is the third year of the pandemic. There is a much greater sense of freedom and much less fear. Mask wearing is optional in almost all circumstances here in the U.S., and getting COVID is no longer an Instagrammable moment. And I know this because I just got COVID for the second time <laughs> this can't. year, and I didn't post it on Instagram. Jeez. The unprecedented U.S. labor market continues. Each month, voluntary quits exceed $4 million despite a host of issues and risks. And for some, the great resignation quickly becomes the great regret. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a moment. As we all know, Russia invaded Ukraine. This was horrific. What is notable from our perspective is that over a thousand companies have curtailed operations in Russia. This is just massive. Inflation hits a 40-year high. Interest rates go up, impacting borrowing costs and profitability for companies across the U.S. And supply chain issues continue to hinder most industries. That's right. So frustrated leaders trying to force coerce and shame employees back to the office, see their efforts backfire. You saw a number of organizations with public letters to the media and to their leadership taking place. Elon Musk was recently in the crosshairs for demanding a full return to work. So the thing about this is that it was a leaked email. And it basically said, if you don't return to work, I'm going to consider that your resignation. The irony is that most people show up to the Fremont, California headquarters where there aren't enough desks, not enough parking spots, and the Wi-Fi is unstable. So leaders, do not force everybody to come back to work if you don't have your ducks in a row. And interestingly, their head of AI just departed the company. And while it's hard to speculate, I do suspect culture may have had something to do with it. Right. During the first six months of 2022, we saw a record 57% increase in union representation petitions. So Alex, going right back to what you said, the idea of empathy, 
People are going through something very unique right now. Psychological safety. I can speak up and be honest about what's going on for me. Compassion for the kind of situations that people are in. When executives take that hard line and push people too far, you start to see not only exits, but you see a 57% increase in union representation. What is union representation? It means people are looking for support, for backing. I don't feel like I can get the support that I need. Now, the economy has softened. Job growth has slowed in some spaces. Still, there are many green shoots. Since May 2021, U.S. employers have consistently reported more job openings than the total number of unemployed Americans. And the gap has widened almost every month. The latest data show an unprecedented imbalance. Even if every unemployed person in the country got a job today, employers would still have 5.4 million unfilled roles. So it's a two-sided coin. On one side, the talent war continues, and many companies can't find enough talent or the right talent. This is like Tim Cook saying, I can't find enough coders for my company. Apple can't find enough talent, right? But on the other side, there are companies going into defense mode and just laying people off, doing the traditional, you know, hunker down, bat down the hatches. The market's getting soft again. But here's the kicker. Steve Cadigan, former CHRO of LinkedIn, recently said, if you want to compete, you're going to have to place, be a place that grows talent. The supply of qualified talent isn't going to increase. You won't find qualified candidates at scale any longer. The future of work is the future of learning. And I think this is so important for this entire conversation. And you're going to hear it thematically through everything else we say. Exactly. Yeah, learning is mission critical in this moment, and we are going to be saying more about that. So how do we make sense of all this, and where are we now? Let's start with this notion of career. From our perspective, the traditional career has been massively disrupted. It is estimated that people will spend 90,000 hours of their lives devoted to their careers and an estimated 12 jobs in a lifetime. It feels like the pandemic pushed just about everyone to realize what an enormous commitment this was and to really question what purposeful work and what work-life balance meant. Julia Lamb, the workforce transformation partner at PwC recently said, we call it the you only live once economy. And the story of the past two years is that employees want more, aren't afraid to ask for it, and aren't afraid to quit. Ariana Huffington, the CEO of Thrive Global, said people aren't just quitting their jobs, they're rejecting the idea that burnout is the price they have to pay for success. And that is absolutely something that we've talked about. We mentioned in our uh, great resignation episode, all the reasons that people are quitting, burnout, mental health, feeling like the expectations of the organizations aren't actually matching what uh, employees can reasonably deliver. These are all things that are still very much front of mind now. It's interesting to note that the majority of people that are leaving their jobs in the past two years are not returning to the industry they left. And also, as we are talking about, more and more people are leaving traditional careers for non-traditional work. Now, one thing I want to riff on very quickly is the idea of purpose and meaning. There's been so much focus on that as a key reason that people are leaving, looking for more meaning, looking for more purposeful work. I think what we in the disrupted workforce lack is a right-sized definition of purposeful. In actuality, purposeful means something that is directed at a particular aim, goal, 
or direction. And I feel that Purposeful has been misbranded as doing something we are passionate about and further the idea that work should not feel like work. The takeaway is that everyone on earth seems to feel like self-actualization, deep inner clarity, and a career that we leap out of bed for with the same enthusiasm a kid feels going to a theme park. And if you haven't found that yet, well, better quit your job and reinvent yourself. More broadly defined, and I think this is what's important, is that purposeful work can be many things. And it meant many different things to the generation that preceded us, and it's still changing. It can be work to financially support ourselves and our loved ones, work that enables a lifestyle which provides fulfillment outside of work, work that challenges us to learn and grow, work that surrounds us with people who inspire us, work that honors our need for flexibility and safety, work that matches up or ladders up to key KPIs of the company that we work for to make us feel productive. Yeah. And the hustle culture is on trial here, folks. The idea that you have to give yourself to an organization while everything else suffers. So you give your best to the company, everything else suffers, and you grind day and night, weekends. And obviously that doesn't end well. We've seen this movie, we read the book, right? <laughs> we know how this thing ends. So the hustle culture is not the path. Burning the candle at both ends is not the path and burnout is not the path. In a previous episode with authors Stephen Goldsmith and Kate Markin Coleman, they noted our economy needs to work for more Americans. Current and future workers need realistic pathways to living wage jobs, and they need access to the training and education necessary to qualify for better jobs. Again, learning, the thematic theme you're going to keep hearing about. This concern is a constant drumbeat today. One of the most shocking data points they provided from their book is half of Americans don't believe a good job is within their reach or that they can advance their careers today. This is crazy, but here's some more data. Only 20% of people feel passionate about their jobs. 33% believe they have reached a dead end in their career. 21% are eager to change careers and younger workers are the most distressed and they feel they have the least amount of loyalty to their employers. Now, the CEO of LinkedIn recently produced that data from their research, which is boomers and Generation X are the most likely to stay through the Great Resignation. And those younger generations, millennials and Zs, have been the biggest movers. And that trend is going to continue. So companies, when you're trying to build a culture, you have to start to shift that culture to embrace the philosophical differences of these younger generations, or you're gonna be in a big mess down the road. So notably, the gig economy, driven by 18 to 34 year olds, is expanding 3X faster than the total US workforce, with over 50% of the US workforce likely to participate in the gig economy by 2027. Gig economy is synonymous with side hustle. You've heard us talk about that before. In February of 2022, the Society for Human Resource Management, also known as SHRM, published some research from the National Women's Law Center stating that while women gained 188,000 jobs in January 2022, they are still short by more than 1.8 million jobs lost since the pandemic began. It would take women nearly 10 months of growth at January's level to regain the jobs that were lost. So this is kind of that broader cross-section of how it's affecting different populations of the workforce. And the recent decision by the Supreme Court on Roe versus Wade adds even more pressure to the challenges women are facing today. And it's heartbreaking. It's completely heartbreaking. 
on the topic of career, we did reach out to TDW friend Marianne Ruggiero, who's the CEO of Optima Careers, who for the past 25 years has guided people in every stage of their career to more purposeful and successful work. And I actually worked with her back in the mid-2000s, and she's absolutely amazing. And she said, there are overwhelming forces that will continue to erode traditional careers to the point of extinction. Gender stereotypes are breaking down at an accelerated rate. So women now work in electronics, telecommunications, science, the clergy, yet need to break down barriers in technology. Similarly, men are now teachers, nurses, dental hygienists, and assistants, and social workers. In the past, people may have been more motivated by advancement, while Gen X, Millennials, and Gen Z, which Nate, you just spoke about, are more likely to be motivated by independence. This shift is fueling the market's bias toward expertise and specialization. People are now more willing to continuously acquire and deepen their skills. Even if they work in a large company, they're now more willing to accept a lateral move to further their functional expertise and experience. So career paths are both horizontal and vertical. As a result of these shifts, we are becoming more loyal to our job function rather to any specific organization. But be careful to not over-romanticize the benefits of a non-traditional career path. If you overemphasize independence, you may find that it can be harder to get recognition, to find a mentor, to set work-life boundaries without compromising income potential. And the demand for integrated cross-functional collaboration is growing, and this requires some institutional loyalty and relationships. And don't be too enthusiastic about pursuing variety either, opportunistically zigzagging your way from one job to job. Careers require strategy more than ever, and companies are no longer strategizing for you. You have to do this for yourself. Before we close this topic of the career, let's double click on the fact that the nine to five, Monday through Friday, 40 hour work week was originated by Henry Ford for assembly line workers back in 1926. So this is a nearly 100 year old concept, and we're all trying to figure out what makes sense for employers, for employees, from a productivity standpoint. In China, you have workers working 995 or 996. You have experiments in the UK on the four-day work week that are being braced by other companies as well and other countries as well. These new best practices are still being written. Yeah, and this is why you're seeing the Airbnbs and the Shopify's and tons of other companies go, hey, we're taking that whole thing off the table. We're trying something else, which is beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> so now that we've talked about all the ways career has changed, let's talk about what's going on in the job market. In spite of soaring inflation, fear of further escalation of the war in Ukraine, a troubled stock market, a crypto crash, and many economists forecasting a recession, the great resignation rolls on in the US with over 4 million workers quitting their jobs every month for 11 months straight. According to this survey, from Resume Builder, 23% of workers will quit their jobs this year. In another survey, 82% of gig workers say they are happier working on their own. It's kind of amazing and remarkable that in this environment, job seekers still feel so empowered. It but is. on the other hand, for others, it comes with great regret. According to this widely cited survey by Joblist, nearly one in four of those who quit in this great resignation wonder if they made the right choice. And yet, those who stay put take the risk of giving up 7 to 20% on a salary increase. So you can see why this is such a tricky environment and, and the grass may not always be greener. We also wanna point out that while 
We're talking about a recession. There are a lot of smart folks forecasting that we will dodge it. Goldman Sachs in particular has found recent projections of economic contraction in the United States to be too pessimistic, and they believe the odds of a recession over the next year are only about 30 to 30% and 50% over the next two years. This week's BLS study shows that U.S. unemployment remains very low at 3.6 and is 2.2% lower than a year ago. In other words, companies are still hiring and employers have been pushed to give more than ever to garner loyalty. In terms of opportunity, EMSI believes that there are 14.1 million jobs open, almost one in 10, and that we have 17% more jobs open now than a year ago. So while some of the overfunded tech companies and crypto companies and startups are laying people off, they're in the minority. And there's an idea that I really love to bring to bear here. It doesn't have to be a great resignation or a great regret. There's this new notion that your career can actually be a great exploration. There's a lot of articles on this. We have a lot of data on this. There's an HBR article that we like in particular. And a quote from that is that exploration is more constructive and empowering than resignation. If you're focused on the latter, you're reacting to a symptom rather than addressing the root cause. Leaders who reorient themselves around exploration rather than fear of resignation will be able to capitalize on the moment's deep potential. If you embrace the exploration with empathy and support, you can position your company and its most valuable resource, your people, for personal and professional renaissance. And you guys are going to be hearing more about us in this notion of exploration very soon, and we're excited to share that. Nate, that was a lot. So let's distill this down to the TDW top six trends for our listeners to understand and prepare for the rest of this year and the years ahead. Number one, the employee experience will continue to dramatically change and evolve inclusive of internal and external disruptions. The leaders who focus on evolution, they're going to win that opportunity. The leaders who focus on traditionalism, they're going to lose that battle. Totally agree. Number two, the rise of human-centered leadership. A new wave of leaders are increasingly concerned about the well-being of their people. There's a whole new body of research coming out called the Work Determinants of Health, the impact on our world, climate change, and the importance of people over profits. This narrative is not going away. It's going to get louder and louder. And it is so, so important. And it does directly relate to, to number three, which is that while digital transformation and intelligent technologies will continue to disrupt the workforce, the key here is that human labor must be valued in the context of what technology can't do. And that is a little bit of a moving puck at this moment, but something that we will be talking about quite a bit continuously. So come back to us and we are going to be answering that question in real time this year and next year. Yeah, it's great that tech can do so many cool things. Let's keep our focus on lifting human beings up, right? Totally. Number four, many years ago, IQ was the defining factor in the workforce. IQ gave way to EQ with Daniel Goleman's seminal work on emotional intelligence. Today, EQ has been eclipsed or or is running side by side at least with AQ, which is the adaptability quotient. Adaptability is now a superpower because there's so much change going on. And again, we don't see this ending before the end of the decade. 100% adaptability is a superpower. Similarly, 
Number five, upskill, reskill, future skill will rule through the end of the decade. Because of that, the debate on skills versus degrees, it actually doesn't matter that much, guys. It's more about one's ability to rapidly learn because things are changing so fast. Being able to showcase you could rapidly learn will be critical for a successful career in this age. That's right. Number six, the biggest question of the decade is, who am I now? As things rapidly change, we must all face the reality of our changing identity, which will naturally change with our organizations, industry, market, and the world. This identity work naturally involves letting go as much as it requires evolution. There you have it, guys. Those six themes are going to define the rest of this decade. As always, our goal is to keep you informed of these emergent trends with real-world examples that help our listeners understand, embrace, and prepare. Thank you for being with us today. In a world where attention is scarce and content is abundant, it means a lot. If you like what you heard, please be sure to give us a rating. Five-star reviews are, of course, acceptable, and please also share this with your people at work and at home. The Disrupted Workforce was created to address the transformational change that's already begun and to help individuals and organizations grow in these dynamic times. We are excited to be on this journey with you, and we are here to help. See you next episode.